This episode is brought to you by the Warrior Embodiment Course. In a world right now, we need warriors. We need everybody to step up and connect with that true warrior spirit, that essence that we all have within us. If you're alive today, you have the warrior spirit. Somebody in your family had to survive to, for you to get here. We need to remember that we are resilient. We are brave. We are courageous. We have to remember that, especially now. And in order to sometimes get there, we need a little bit of help. That's why I created this course, Warrior Embodiment. It's 47 bucks. It'll take you on the journey. It'll help you realize mind, body, spirit, how to connect to that inner warrior and embody. First of all, unlock it, then be able to embody it and how to do that. My transformation over the last few years has been challenging. I've been super transparent in all the things from all the things that I've done through psychedelics, through hypnotherapy, through all of it. You guys have heard about it in the last three years on this podcast. What I did was I broke it down as simple as I could in this mini course to help you guys, you know, bridge the gap from where you are to where you want to go. I want to help you change your life. Sometimes you just need to hear from the right source. And I believe with the, the, the mentorship that I've had from some amazing people that I'm going to be able to give you that to help you take the first step. So if you want to join Warrior Embodiment, it helps support the podcast. People always ask me, how can I support? This is how you can. It's 47 bucks. You can go, go to my Instagram, click on the link in the bio. It's all there. Warrior Embodiment, 47 bucks. I greatly appreciate it. And I promise you, if you apply what's in there, it'll change your life. Enjoy the episode. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Man, today's, today's conversation was fire. We went so deep and I got to see, you know, the real human behind the company, behind the success. You know, you see people and they, they're doing these things and they're, they're, you know, creating the success in their business, but you don't know, you know, who they really are. And today was such a prime example of us digging deep into the human behind the story or the human behind the company, behind the success. We have Eric Cabral joining us. He's the founder of the massively successful brand media agency called On Air Brands and the innovative networking and podcasting event, Podmax. Very successful companies. He's absolutely crushing it. It is a very big name in the podcast world now. I'm looking forward to really building a further relationship with Eric. We had such a great conversation and I'm super excited to see what he's doing in the world. If you guys want to make sure you, if you guys are interested in checking him out, go check out On Air Brands. Go look into Podmax. These are these are massive right now, and they're really helping podcasters um, create a lane for themselves and market themselves. And you know, it's it's a really great place to be. So after the show, go check that out. And you know what really surprised me about this conversation is that I thought we were going to talk about all things marketing, podcasting, branding. I kind of had that level of that my that hat on today but boom it was totally different and i'm so grateful for it so 
This was an awesome conversation. If you guys get value from this, please share with somebody that needs it. We talk about podcasting and how we sometimes we don't really know if it's impacting you like we like we may think it is. Sometimes I don't know if it's impacting you. All we know is if you give the feedback. So if you get value from this and you want to support the show, share this with somebody that needs it. Or if you feel called to do so, leave us a review on Apple. Leave us a comment on YouTube. Whatever you can do to show that you got value, it's much appreciated. Also, if you aren't subscribed to this wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button or that follow button. Or if you're watching us on YouTube and you want to continue to watch all the funny faces that I make when I do my interviews and these conversations, hit the subscribe button on YouTube and the bell so you don't miss an episode. All right, everybody. Enjoy the episode. Eric Cabral coming right up. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, we're getting into way too much juicy stuff, so we're just going to hit record and start this. Eric, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, brother. <laughs> so, so good to be here. Okay, like I said, I, like I parachuted in. It was literally as if like I've known you for years, and we when you when you see an old friend, and then all of a sudden you just start talking as if like no time has passed. Like you literally just saw each other yesterday, but it's been years. That's what it felt like with you. I came yeah. in and we just started talking and we were like connecting on every single day. You're like, wait, wait, yeah, 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 makes, but yeah, glad to be here, brother. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. I, um, like we were talking about, I just love conversation and it's so great when you get to connect with somebody that does this as well. Yeah. You just get it because there's like, there's so many times where there's the awkwardness that you got to like work through and just like just the humans that you deal with, you come in contact with, right? The expectations of, let's say, somebody that you put on a pedestal for a long time or somebody that you maybe underestimate. And it's like, wow, you're always just like blown away. And there's always this, 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 this thing at the end. And you're like, wow, that went way different than I expected. Yeah. And it's always so fulfilling. Like yeah. it's, it's wild, man. It's a, it's a cool learning process too. Cause as we, like you said, you can go on with expectations and, and like, we're going to crush this. I'm going to have an amazing conversation with this person. I've been looking forward to this forever and it doesn't happen. Right. You kind of yeah. doesn't meet your expectations. And then there's the other ones where you're like, man, I got to do this thing. I'm so freaking busy right now. I got to yeah. have my day. I gotta have and then boom, I'm talking to Lance yeah. and I'm like, dude, this is, you know, I'm just having so much fun. And we just started. Yeah. So it's like, you never know what you're going to expect. You never know the chemistry. You never know how the universe puts it all together for reasons that we don't understand and comprehend right now until you do life. And then you realize, yeah. oh man, if I hadn't met Lance, this wouldn't have happened. Totally. You know, I love those stories the most about yeah. podcasting. Yeah. Cause it's interesting. Cause you always can go back and you can look at the relationships that were cultivated from that one introduction. And then that led to something. And then that led to something else. And Man, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's such a beautiful thing that happens is, is that, you know, you, when you have conversations with people, you know, you leave, I always have said, you know, leave them feeling better than they did before. You know, that was what I used to say to my staff and bars. Like, that's the goal. If you can leave every relationship and every conversation, making, just, just elevating it. So they walk away feeling like better. You know, more not deflated, but like energized. I feel like you won. And then, you know, that that works because then they want to introduce you to people. And then it becomes this this thing and you're just being you. Yeah. Right. The power behind that and what you're saying, especially in your experience, you know, managing bars and managing staff and managing people, really, you know, the, the patrons is really all people want. And I've noticed this with, you know, in life 
similar to your experiences, you know, I had that in business as well, but in life, especially now with podcasting, people just want to be heard, man. They just, they just want to tell their story and they want somebody to listen. And if you're a really good listener, man, that is powerful because it's all it is, is giving. All you're doing is giving them your time and your energy and your thoughts and your feedback. And people appreciate that. All of a sudden, if you had not said a word for an hour and you listen to someone tell their story, they will feel indebted to you for life. Like they don't like, Lance is my best friend. Like they would start talking to everybody about you. And all you did was listen. It's crazy how the human psyche works. Yeah, it does. It, it's, it is. And I, I love that we're talking about this because, you know, podcasting is such a powerful tool for, for personal growth, yeah. you know, and you could probably agree with me on this is that the challenges that you face and the things that you have to overcome from doing a podcast, you know, you, the ability to have the confidence to step in and to talk to somebody and then listen and then be able to take that information and think about, well, where do I, what do I ask them next? Like, how do I, how do I do this without interrupting the flow? And, and it just, it, for me, it's been the number one personal, personal brand or other than personal brand, personal development tool for my entire life. And I would love to you love if you could speak on that too, like around podcasting and like what it's done for you as a human at being able to have these conversations and having these different, these different ways that they flow. Like what has that done for you personally? Yeah. It's like you said, it, it's, it's such a powerful personal growth and self-development tool for me to expand my mind, expand my ideas expand my belief system, expand my network and people, expand my business. It, it's, it's, it's an abundance aligned sort of concept where, you know, for 22 plus years, bro, I was in corporate America in a corporate mindset an employee mindset, meaning sitting around the water cooler at talking to people about the lowest common denominator, you know, television, movies, you know, work, bitching about my life, bitching about the beautiful home that I live in and the beautiful family that I have, right? That's how we all connected because that was the way we got love, right? From people like is if I fall down, I scratch myself and hurt myself and people came running to, I very at a young, very young age understood that's going to get me attention and love. If I, if I, if I express my pain and I've noticed that the majority of the people that I've got, that I've, that I've, you know, experienced life with up until I became an entrepreneur. We would bitch about life, bro. And that was the first conversation. Like you and I, when we started talking, when you turned the mics on, it was all positivity and abundance. Back in the day, the old me was all about scarcity and pain, right? And being, rel be being relatable because it's like, I got problems too, man. Like, mm -hmm. and you notice older people who still adopt this mindset, all they do is bitch about their ailments, their backs, their hip replacement, the medication that they're taking and the side effects. It's like, they want, all they need is love. They just want someone to pay attention to them and have them feel like somebody cares. And I, the same way, sometimes fall into that. You know, like I, I recently got the Rona and I, and never really took it seriously. We're still recovering, my wife and I. And, and I defaulted to the old me, 
you know, like my business, now it's all business friends and partners and stuff. And I'm like, I had the run. <laughs> it's been three weeks. I was crushing life and it slowed me down, you know? And I'm like, wow, I'm kind of going back to the old me and saying, pay attention and love me. I want some attention because I'm, I'm, I'm sick and recovering. But no, but then I have to remember, remind myself, no, the reason I'm even telling them is because I'm frustrated that I can't be me running through brick walls right now because my body's telling me to slow down. But anyway, I don't know if I answered your question, Rob. <laughs> but, uh, oh, so that is what it's done. Podcasting has changed my life because I've had opportunities to share something like that with you and your audience, to, to give that to others. Because, you know, we produce and create, you know, podcasts, but it's really content and the opportunity and the stage for others to do what we're doing for their business and their life. So that is just so powerful, bro. Like creating a stage and an opportunity for others to share their story and to potentially help others and inspire others to do and be more. So that has been life-changing and we can call it a podcast, but I just call it the stage. I call it, you know, the magic of the mic, whatever we want to call it. It's really just opening a door so that other people can come in right, mm. and experience life with you. Yeah. It's interesting how we, we have called this podcast, but what does that even mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a little, a little device, right? An iPod. Was like, yeah. How long ago was that? So 20, 30 years ago? Yeah. And we so still adopt that, that word. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious before we, I want to talk about, you know, brands and more of this stuff, but I kind of want to go deeper into like your body, maybe telling you that it's okay to slow down. You know, because I think in this world that we're living in, it's always about more, more, more. And sometimes these things come and they're, you know, they're a blessing because they make us, they make us go, Hey, it's time. It's time to take a little bit of a rest. It's time to just, if you're going to resist it, it's going to feel more uncomfortable. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it's time for me to reflect. Did you go through that at all? Like, did you really, you know, think about, hey, here's an opportunity to rest a little bit and and, and collect? I'm curious as to like the yeah. process during this time that you had to sort of sit things down. Yeah. So it's been about a few weeks, uh, but I want to rewind to 2020 okay. when when it when it hit the world, right? Right. And and you know, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we're always, you know, what we call hustle porn, right? It's like. We we're at the grind. We want to grind it out. We want to grow and we want to, we, and we want to give and we want to help others. And how do we do that? We have to expand ourselves and our mind and our bodies and, and our business in order to help more people as the business grows. So at the time, I'd say about February, 2020, we were, we were running around like my company and I, and our team were, we were, we we're doing really well. We, we, but it was all based on physical events and we right. were, we were showing up at events. We were doing our thing and managing podcasts and interviewing people. And it was, it was starting to expand and then boom, the world shut down. And I did take that time. Honestly, I, I discovered edibles and I discovered, you know, cannabis, which was something that I was growing. You know, I grew up with that. You know, I was probably 14 years old. Shouldn't have been smoking weed, but I was. And I stopped for a long period of time of my life, adulthood, especially running businesses, you know, just alcohol was my thing. That was it, you know, recreational. And then somebody introduced me, somebody I respected, you know, I was like, Hey, try this. I was like, this is great. And it came during the pandemic at March, 2020. I was like, you know what? The world is shut down. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to relax. So I started getting into the habit, bro, of watching movies, 
taking some edibles, smoking a little bit, and just enjoying that reality. And two months went by, three months went by, and we were we were still operating our business virtually at this point, right? So we we were getting we had relative success, and we were figuring it out. And people were looking to us to lead that charge. Like, what do we do? We don't know how to run virtual events. We'll do it for you, and we create a business. Mm. But dude, honestly, that was the long that was a short path for me to find to discover myself and like realize that wasn't my path. I was getting heavier. I was getting a little more depressed. You know, everything that was happening in the world was, you know, I was looking at it through a different lens. And I found yoga and meditation to replace it. And I stopped doing all that stuff. And dude, if it wasn't for that time and it wasn't for me going down um, that path and experiencing that, I would not be in the habit of getting up early and doing yoga and meditation, which has been a game changer. I always knew the philosophy and the rituals and habits were beneficial to all the successful people that I love and respect, but I never fully implemented it on a consistent basis. It wasn't until then, I'd say around the, the tail end of 2020 until now where that, that became a critical part of my life and success. Why did that, why did meditation help you? And what are some of the things that you could see that were changing because of it? I, I, I'd like to say I was a type of person that, uh, I got hangry, right? I, I was, I started, I also implemented in, in, intermittent fasting, but that happened mm -hmm. several years ago. So that was the first step. That's a great tool. Yeah. So, oh, it's so powerful. But I always, I always labeled myself as someone like, if I don't eat, I'm going to get mad, you know, and get out of the way. And, and I would train everyone in my life to be, to, to, to enable that. Right. When I got intermittent fasting, I understood that this is a discipline tool. This isn't about diet and, you know, like losing weight. This is about me applying discipline to my life and knowing like, Hey, seven, eight o'clock at night, I don't need to eat potato chips. Like I'm done. I'm not eating until tomorrow. And then waking up the next morning, realizing I don't have to eat nine o'clock in the morning. Like I could wait till noon and then that just changed my life. But anyway, that was the first step to sort of like that meditative sort of, you know, like spiritual, physical sort of fusion. So the, to answer your question with the meditation is I always thought myself as somebody with a short fuse. Like I had a temper. If my kids said something or did something or I was hungry, my excuse was I'm hungry. I'm going to yell at you. You know, I'm going to yell at everyone in the house. Get out of my way. Meditation has given me the tool to understand that that is not productive, that is not beneficial to my household and, and, and the loving household that I want to live and thrive in. So it gave me more patience. It gave me more understanding and empathy for those around me. And then it gave me the tools to reflect and have gratitude, bro. Because if you don't have gratitude, and I didn't have this daily practice of gratitude, you start to notice the bad things all the time. And you start to focus on the bad things. And when you start to give meaning to all those things, it's toxic. And gratitude and appreciation flip the script so that now I appreciate being able to get out of bed and appreciate, you know, having a nice shower to get into and, and, and having the freedom to open the windows to my office and look out while I work. Like before, I would, wouldn't pay attention to those things. Mm. You know, it's like, ah, I, got, I got work to do. I got money to put my make and food to yeah, I completely resonate with that. This is the same thing with me. It's those. So what you're saying sounds like to me, you're, you're getting 
a better understanding of your controlling your emotions and the reactions, right? It's a lot of it is a story. I need food. No, you don't. You're fine. It's, it's your emotional, like we eat a lot of the times out of emotion to, to mask some sort of discomfort, right? That we don't want to sit through, right? Especially in the evening. I think most people, this is something for me has been the hardest is the evening. It's like, oh, I deserve it. I want to eat. But I'm like, you're just eating out of emotion. That's all it is. It's not, you're not hungry, but right. what you're saying sounds like you really got control of your vessel. It's like, these are just emotional responses. Right. And, yeah. and I think I love that you said that about meditation. Cause it, it almost like puts you back in the driver's seat. Yeah. It, it, it almost like allows you to just be like, I am in control. Right. And it gives you like an extra second to sort of sit back and, and, and not react as much. Yeah. And then gratitude, yeah, it, it changes it changes the way you look at life, you know? And and it's so funny, man, because I'm hearing it over and over again. Everybody that's becoming successful or is successful. You know, I had Brad Lee on recently and and the guy talks about gratitude so much. And I used to hate talking about it because I thought I was being cheesy. Mm-hmm. But dude, it is it is so powerful. You have an opportunity to look at something and see things for, you know, what you do have versus what you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's so great that you shared that because it's so, it, it, it's such a, it's such a simple thing that people can do to really change the, the landscape that they see. But a lot of people don't do it because of like what we said earlier, people get caught up in complaining about the bullshit that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's like how well, I have a bad like this. So like, well, how bad do you have it? Like, yeah, yeah. Stupid it's, stories. Exactly. Exactly. Who's got a, who's got a worse off life when meanwhile, everyone is living a wonderful life. They're just looking at it through a, a, a dirty lens, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that I think is ingrained in us as a culture, because like I said earlier, it creates relatability. If you feel, and, and, and then, and that's the thing is surrounding yourself, people who aren't like that who are more like what we're talking about here so that that language becomes the constant, that language yeah. becomes the culture, that language becomes consistent with your every day. So then when you do get the toxic conversations coming in, it's so foreign. It's not something that you just jump into, you know, like a bike, which is easy, right? Cause if you, they're old friends, especially in family, especially around the hot, I don't look forward to the holidays to be honest, because that, them, the toxicity of the family dynamic and all of the issues from decades and decades and decades of baggage that people never dealt with comes full front, right? Mm -hmm. In literally in the door. And you're like, I got to deal with this for 24 hours. You know what I mean? Because they don't put the freaking work in. None of them have a level of self-awareness, gratitude, appreciation, daily practice of yoga, meditation, and prayer, whatever it is. They just don't. For some strange reason, my family and my wife's family and whoever else in our world, the 99% of people out there just do, right? And react, like you said. And the, 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 it's work with very little play. And maybe if there is play, it's like getting fully indoctrinated into Xbox or PlayStation. And then watching Netflix at night and eating some Cheetos, eating some food that's poison. And then repeat, do it again the next day. And then all of a sudden you go visit your family every, you know, six months to 12 months. And then you bitch about your life, right? And they bitch about their life. And I'm like, I don't like this because it reminds me of who I was. 
Yeah. And I shed that long ago. And the thing is muscle memory can easily get me back there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being an alcoholic or someone who had some substance that they were, it is a drug, right? Being in those conversations with people and complaining. And if you do too much of that, I'm not saying it's impossible that you can't, you can't avoid it entire life. But if you get that around you all the time, that becomes you. And it's not a happy existence. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm always striving for is to be around people like you, be around people in my life that are always positive and always see the glasses half full, right? And not empty and, and, and willing to help. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, man, how can I help you get to the next level? How can you help me get to the next level? And that's where I get full on satisfaction and gratitude and, and purpose. Mm. That's the thing, dude. People have no purpose. Yeah. Like, if, you got, if you're out there and you're grinding, what's the purpose? Make a paycheck. That's not very fulfilling. Yeah, there's got to be something more than that. It has to be. Yeah, and just to go to your point around family, talk about adversity, bro. I mean, that has that is the ultimate the ultimate test. I think most people, especially if you're the the one that did something different than the pack or the rest, mm. something that isn't the the normal the, the normal path that they're all on or that they you should take the safe route. I think it's just, it's one of the most challenging things that any of us can face. Like, cause they're so stuck in their story. Mm-hmm. It's a story that they would just want to relive, man. You have a choice. What movie do you want to run? What movie do you want to want? Do you want to run the, the old movie all the time? Or do you want to create a new movie, man? Like, what do you want to do? And, you know, I get into this with my mom, my brother, the same thing, bro. Like seeing that, I'm like, dude, it's exactly the same as I go through. I have to like be almost in this state that when I talk to them that I have my armor on, I'm ready to like, Mm, I'm ready to like, okay, how do I, how do I take this? And, and cause you know, it's going to come from like a victim mentality. It's fear, right? It's fear. And it's not even their fault. It's just that it's just the programming. Yeah. And once you kind of step out of that, it's like, all right. How do I, how do I navigate this without fueling the fire and sort of, you know, be as, as true to myself as I can without going backwards. Cause it's so, you're right. It's so easy to go back into that stuff. Cause, cause the family, they know how to like, they know how to press you. They know the triggers, man. Right. Yeah. And they don't even realize they're doing it. Right. Maybe, maybe they are right. Maybe some of them are, but for the most part, they're just having conversations or asking the questions that trigger you. Because then all of a sudden, when you're around your family, you're, you're, you're 10 years old again, right? You're not the developed man. You're not the accomplished person that you are today. You are that 10 year old, still struggling, still getting yelled at, doing things incorrectly. And those are things, like we said, it's, it's not really something they're controlling. It's just something innate in us, our insecurities, you know, our, our, whatever it is in us, like, "Ah, I don't want to talk about that, you know, like, or, or just one little innocuous comment from someone in the family can, can trigger something in your mind where you start to feel insecure and then you get, get angry about it. Like, this is yeah. not who I want to be, or this is not who I am. It's tough, man. There's some people, especially that, that I know where they got a good, like their family is like together. It's not the dis- stereotypical dysfunctional. I, I don't know percentage wise, Lance, what it is, but I'd say it's a pretty high percentage of people. American households are pretty dysfunctional, right? Yeah. It's hard to find families where like, 
they, they got it together and they love each other and love hanging out, want to be with each other all the time. I'm like, man, that's, that's like utopia. <laughs> like, yeah. I've never experienced that. Well, it's wild to think about too, because before everybody would get married so young, right? Mm. And I feel like a lot of people, I know my parents were married young and, and it's, it's almost like, you're not ready to yeah. be with that person yet either. You're a child. I mean, I'm 38 and I'm still like figuring it out. You know, yeah. I haven't had the blessings of having a, 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 a marriage and kids, but like, like that's, I think there's that pressure that they, they had. It's like, you have to do this, the societal conditionings. If you don't have a house, if you don't have a career, if you don't have kids then you're, you're a failure. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's the programming that they're in. And now we're kind of, that's kind of changing. The narrative's changing a little bit. It's not as, I mean, it is and it isn't, right? But yeah. I think it's getting better and we're starting to see that there's a different way. You don't have to do that same thing. And I think that they're just, that's, that was the generation. And I, I, I hope that things get a little bit better and that's not how, what we become. Yeah, it's so true. I think the definition, what, 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 what's seemingly changed is the definition of happiness and success. Right. Yeah. I think the, let's just call them the boomer generation. Success to them was everything you said, the, the, the relationship and then the spouse and then the kids and the home and the cars and the good job and the good and the degree. Right. Those were all the hallmarks of a successful child, right. For them so that they can be proud and brag to their friends. Right. That's, that was what made them feel good that they did their job. And if we didn't do any of those six or seven things, it was a bad, it was a reflection on them, right? That they didn't do their job there. And, and, and what will that look like in their world to their friends and their family? Right. Yo, man, your, your son, Jimmy, I don't know. Like they worry about what other people are saying versus like what the reality is, which is, are your kids happy? Are they truly happy? Like, and what is their definition of success? Right. Cause success to your child maybe look very different than what you think success is. And as long as they have that and they're happy with their lives, isn't that what's important? The thing is that's the biggest problem is the generation that won't adjust their mindset and their beliefs and the traditions, right? And they're still so stuck in that old school sort of concept of what success was, you know, the American dream and achieving that. Versus, man, who cares if your kid is single and who cares if your kid is living in New York City, you know, experiencing life and isn't interested in getting married? Like, oh, but that's not success, right? Yeah. To me, who cares what it is for you? This isn't your life. So that's like the biggest challenge, I think. And, and I am the opposite. Like I did all the things that my parents expected me to do, but I have a sibling that didn't. And they give her the hardest time, bro. Like they give her, her, they make her life so difficult because she didn't live life on their terms and their dreams. So then therefore it's to them, they project like, I'm a failure. She didn't do what, what we thought she was supposed to do. You know, it's sad, yeah. man. It's really sad. They want to be able to not have the awkward conversation at the gatherings that their yeah. kids didn't do the things that, and it all comes down to. It is. It's, it's, that's what it's about. It's literally, it's just, 
and and I saw this, you know, I didn't go to university or anything like that at the time, bro. It was fucking hard because I had to deal with a lot of people. What are you doing? What are you some kind of bum? What do you work? Because I played hockey and then and then that ended and I didn't know who I was. So everyone's like, go to school, go to school. And I was like, I don't want to go to school. But I had to listen to all this, all the all the criticism. And then throughout my years, the the guys, a lot of guys that went to school and spent a lot of money ended up not doing that thing and they'd get married and get divorced. And I'm now just they're like, in debt. God. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, why did you do that? Were you living in truth or were you living someone else's story? It's yeah. one or the other. Are you living in truth? What's true to me? Or are you living somebody else's expectations or stories? It's it's literally that's what it is. And most people are too afraid to ask themselves, what is true to me? Like, what is true to me? Yeah. Fuck what everything else, everything else, anybody else says, man, like it has, you have to figure that out. Yeah. Right. Like that is the deepest, the, 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 and if you can ask that question, instead of worrying about what everybody else thinks, you'll end up, you may go through a little short-term discomfort, but long-term your soul will be happy. Yeah. And, and and what you said there is so key. Worrying about what other people think is so big, especially when it comes to family, right? Because that is such a sad sort of um, cultural thing, and it, it, and and it stems. It goes out to all different types of cultures, but especially the American culture, where if you don't do what you're told, therefore you won't be in the tribe, yeah. and therefore you are not accepted. And now you have to deal with what we think of you, right? Mm. And it's all about acceptance. It's all about significance. It's all about me belonging, right? But like you said, if you just step into your true self and, and do it without fear of the repercussions, you might actually experience happiness, yeah. right? And all that other crap, what other people think, well, if you're doing it right, you're doing the proper exercise every day and like, I said with meditation helps me with that is like if you can shed that and it's not easy then let go of what other people think of you and don't give a shit that is the next level because then now you're operating on your system you're operating on your beliefs and you're creating a life that you want for yourself rather than trying to live the life and write the book for someone else it's like no write your own fucking book Stop worrying about writing your dad's book or your mom's book or your cousin's or whoever it is that's expecting you to write their story for them. Because think about it. These people have issues and goals they never accomplished and they're projecting it on you. And they're like, I didn't achieve. I failed. Therefore, you are going to be my vessel to achieve and experience that. Screw you, man. This is my life. <laughs> Why am I doing this for you? I need to live me because you're going to be gone. Yeah, And then now I got to live with the decisions that you made for me. Yeah. I never understood that, man. Like my, before my dad passed, he was the same way. Like he would just, it was always like trying to get me to do the things he wanted to. And that never made sense. I was like, we're not the same human. I, I'm not just, I'm not you in a body. Like I have yeah. my own shit. Like I, I, may, I may look like you. Yeah. I may act like you sometimes, but yeah, I'm not you. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. And I can't imagine as, I guess as a dad it would be you you know one part of you would want to your kids to sort of be like you but at, at for me now i think i'd just be like figure it out like i'll be here to support you but if i don't want to get in the way of your of your like creative flow of life 
because I know how it is. If somebody gets in the way of certain things, it can stop you from, but then, you know, you also want to look out for their safety or whatever, but there's this like letting go feeling that I feel like is so important that parents don't have. It's like, they want to control that aspect. And I don't know if that's very useful, right? Like you're really stopping them from, from doing like what they're, you know, as kids, kids just like to just, just create and play. And, and then one day some teacher says to them, that's stupid. Don't do that. Or you have to do this. And then it like kills their creativeness. And all of a sudden they become indoctrinated into this system. And it's like, what, what happened? What? And then all of a sudden they start to care about what people think and, and then compare their story there. And then one day you just, you look back, you're like, how did this happen? Where did this, where did I lose? Where did the kid lose their 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 sass for life that like you know that little kid energy that all of a sudden just goes away yeah you know yeah life you know people around them that are implementing tools and techniques that they experienced when they were growing up like for example we're very intentional we have two little girls and this is a metaphor but it's also reality where here's a color here here's a crayon right and here's a coloring book have at it, right? Oh, I see that she's painting the, she's coloring the trees, you know, purple. I don't say anything. Or she's going outside of the lines and she's doing things that are not, you know, expected. It's not reality as we see it. But I let her flow, right? Let her experience because she's a child. Let her go. Whereas my mother, right? Why are you coloring the tree purple? Don't do that. Why are you, why are you coloring outside of the lines? Don't do that. Right. So she's teaching the way she was taught and then therefore taught me to stay in the lines, right. To keep us in a box, right. And to follow the rules. Well, what does that do? It creates someone that has limitations, right. It creates mm. a person that all of a sudden doesn't know they can do whatever the F they want. Right. And those are the people that if you foster that creativity and color outside of the lines and make purple trees. Those are the ones that innovate, right? Those are the ones that didn't have the rules growing up. They were most likely the Steve jobs of the world that was able to say no to the rest of the world saying, you can't do that. It's not normal. Like, screw you. I'm going to create something that I think is necessary or I feel is something that's going to change the world. And that's what we want to create in our in the next generation is like a generation of people that understand you have control over your life. I'm not going to tell you what to do each and every turn. Yes, like you said, I want to make sure you're safe and you're protected. But I also want to be self-aware as a parent enough that I know when it's time to color outside the lines and I know when it's time to stay in versus the way a lot of us grew up. It's the opposite. It was so controlling to a degree where it was inhibiting, right? And we couldn't explore who we were because we weren't allowed to do so. And I think that's, that's inherent in like what we were saying earlier in the educational system too, bro. It's like so strict where you're not in an environment of creativity so that you can see what's possible, right? It's like stay in the lines yeah, or else that's, it's a beautiful point. Thank you for talking about that because that is, that's so true. Something so simple as 
allowing them to color the way they want. It's, it's something so without getting in the way of that, you know? Yeah. Don't color on the walls, but yes, you know, stay. <laughs> right, right, right. There are rules. Yeah. yeah I don't want to color on the tigers walls. tigers over there. Tiger. No. <laughs> uh, I'm curious to talk about parenting. What has been the biggest, what has been the biggest challenge or fear or what? Yeah. Like what, what is the most challenging part of being a dad? You got two daughters. Like what is that? And what is, what is something that might've really surprised you that you realized about being a dad? So the, one of the biggest challenges I didn't realize when, when, before we had kids and we were planning to have kids was who I had to become. Right. I just thought, cause there's no book, you know, written like this is exactly how you parent or be a dad or do all that stuff. Right. There's a book for everything. There's an instruction manual for everything except for that. So you got to kind of figure it out. And the thing is, what's scary about it is you figure it out by just defaulting to the instruction manual that you had growing up, which is how you were raised, right? And if it wasn't the way that you want to raise your kids or you see stuff within you that's a hot mess or an operating system that needs to be upgraded, then you got work to do. So that's the thing is I didn't realize the work that I had to put into myself in order to lead by example to inspire them when they can get to the point where they understand what's happening, you know, and then realizing also that there's a lot of crap and baggage that I'm bringing to the table that I am implementing and don't realize that it's, it's, it's not efficient. It's not the proper way because it didn't work when I was growing up, mm. you know? So, so for example, you know, you know, yelling, like that was a lot, that was very, very, very common in my household Same. to yell. And we call that passionate, right? We're debating. But meanwhile, it was like, no, there was a lot of yelling in the house. So my house is not like that. And when I do yell, I feel terrible, bro. Like it's right after when it's happening and right after I'm like, I'm the worst you know, because that is not the household that I want to, I want to create. So that's one thing. And that was the major challenge and still is bro. Like just working on myself so that I can be the best person for them. And then also understand as they get older, like, man, dad was so good um, at X, Y, Z, or I followed his example, his work ethic. You know, I followed his, you know, his giving, you know, ch charitable, you know, characteristics, whatever it is, I want to lead by example so that the best in me sort of inspires them to adopt some of those characteristics. Now, your second question, though, what was surprising, it's, it's, it's every day, man. It's, it's constant. Like, wow. And, and it doesn't show up until years later. Mm. You know, for, so for example, the first two, three years of my, my oldest daughter, who's seven now, I was still in corporate America. So I was the Eric 1.0. And my wife says I'm on 3.0 now, which is good. I'm, I'm slowly upgrading. That's good. But I was a hot mess, bro. Like I was yelling. I was like, I was the type of guy, like put your fist through the wall, you know, just yell whenever I felt like it. And I kind of feel like she got the old me and I feel bad about that. And I see now that she's seven, certain things. I'm like, man, I think I screwed that up. And I think she's that way or she's doing this because I was not better at the time. Now the second, she's four now, is different, right? Because I was a better version, you know, was, I, was, I, was, I was more evolved, more self-aware. So I feel like she had 
is having more of an advantage, uh, right? Because she's got the the collected the pillars in the household or or are more stable versus, you know, so I think it's just a constant, like you said, and the theme of your show and what our conversation, personal growth and self-development is so critical because it's not just beneficial to you, but it's beneficial to the people around you. Right? Mm. They benefit so much from us wearing that oxygen mask. And then when we get what we need, then we give it to others. Versus some other people out there, you know, like, you know, for my mother-in-law, for example, she gives, 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 right? And it can affect her health. It can affect her happiness. It can affect, because there's certain people that grew up that way and they saw others around them and their mothers and their grandmothers being the martyr, being the one to always give, 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 even if it affects them in a negative way. But I'm, I'm to the point where I'm like, no, I need to take care of me. It may seem very selfish right now. But that's the best way I can take care of everyone else. Oh man, that was so much truth in that. And I love how as you grow, they get that version of you. It's so interesting, you know, because if you think back and you're because they're like little sponges, right? They like yeah. absorb that that moment in time when you were. But I mean you did your best, you know, everybody does their best. And the fact that you are aware to be able to go, Hmm, okay, I need to be better. I need to change this. That's, that's the biggest thing. Most dads, parents, nobody really know. Everyone's like, I'm doing it. I'm doing the way it should. I'm doing the, you know, and, and I think kids will appreciate that. They'll see that you're, you're doing your best to, to grow and change and, it's so interesting because as you evolve, that's the version they get, right? And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think about that kind of thing, and and to your point around receiving or around giving, there's there's so much to being able to receive. Also, like you have to be able to receive to be able to give. Like yeah. receiving is important. You know how we're taught? No, 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 don't. Don't, I don't want that. I don't want those gifts. I don't want that. It's like, no, okay. You're giving me a compliment? Receive. Thank you. Like I start saying that. Receive. Thank you. You want to give me a gift? Receive. Thank you. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. But like, look, I got to learn to receive. Yeah. You know, David Meltzer talked about that. He talks about that a lot. Is about you have to learn to receive to give. And I don't think that the givers of the world knew, thought that was something. But you're a human and you deserve to receive also. You receive love. You deserve love. And the level that you're able to receive love is the level that you're able to give love. Mm. Right? So true. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right, man. I, I'm guilty of that, definitely. You know, like the, the conversation before we turned the mics on, I was telling you I was having, having a conversation with a guy who's creating abundance, like food force and abundance. Yeah. And he, at the end, you know, after the, the interview, he was so grateful for the conversation. He was like, I want to do this for you at no cost. He's like, I want to, I want to extend this gift to you and your family and create, help you create a food forest in your, your backyard. And I don't want to charge you. And dude, my instinct, like wow. you said, I was like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. I felt so guilty. I was like, you don't need to do that, bro. I'm going to pay for your services. And he was like, okay. But he was trying to give and I didn't take it out of my guilt, you know, and like, no, no, you deserve it. I want to give to you. Yes. You can't give me. It's like givers are always constantly battling. Like, no, I, you're trying to give to me. I'll give to you. 
I'll give me, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give that? you. Why? I'll, I'll give you. <laughs> Why is that? Why do we feel maybe Weird. is it because I don't know, maybe sometimes people have ulterior motives, but sometimes people literally just want to give to give. Yeah. And it's almost like, why do we not want to receive that? Why? And then I, I, you think about the universe and the gifts of life and you know, you have to be open, your heart's got to be open to receive. But if you spend your whole day closing the door and saying no, then you wonder, you're like, well, am I, am I open to receive right now? <laughs> you, you know what? It's, it's uh, the word that pops out when you ask the question is value. Like, I think we often devalue ourselves yeah, and think like, I don't feel it's of mutual benefit. If you're giving me something, am I valuable enough to equal what you're giving me? And if I subconsciously don't believe that, I'm going to say no, right? Because like, no, 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 no. You're giving me more than I'm giving you. And yeah. so therefore I feel bad about it. But we all have to understand, and this is daily practice, like the value that we provide and what we give to others and see it from their perspective, right? And it's difficult, man, especially for me, I grew up, you know, my, my, my base foundation was being a Catholic and, and, and the thing is, and, and you know, and although I'm spiritual, I don't practice that, 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 that belief system anymore, but I am very spiritual and I believe in God and I believe a high power, but it's still in me, bro. Like that DNA of like guilt and shame and not being, not having value, like that's stuff. Like you, like you're right, man. We got to reprogram that shit. You know, we got, we got to yeah. fix that. Yeah. You're. You, you nailed it. That shame and that guilt is so, I think, bro, I think most people feel that it's so wild and yeah. it's the, yeah, the worthiness to get the belief and the confidence that we are enough. And I guess I, I, I'll ask you this, like, how do you get to that level where you feel like, what do you do? Does your morning routine get there? Or how do you build the confidence to have the belief that you are worthy? Yeah, that's such a good question. And what pops, the first thing is when you get a compliment, when I get a compliment or a client says, you know, this happened to me, thank you. We need to probe. We need to ask what did they get? What did they receive? How did it benefit their life or their business or their family? Hear the stories. And because usually, like you said, you, you, you receive it and you go, and then that's the end of the story versus like, tell me a little bit more. What happened as a result of what I did? You know, can you tell me a little bit more? Like what were, cause oftentimes those stories go without being told, right? The, yeah. the, 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 the client or the friend or whoever it is in your life, experience that and all they do is come to you later and say thank you but you don't ask the probing questions to kind of solidify the value behind what we do and how we do it and what it affected you know what the perfect i love this movie and i love christmas time because we, we always you know watch it's a wonderful life and in that story spoiler alert the movie's like 100 years old george bailey understands by the end what would have happened if he didn't exist? How many people would not have existed or died or didn't live the life that, that you know, he experienced in his life as a result of him not existing? 
And I often say that to people, and I don't say it enough to myself. Imagine life if you didn't exist. All the people around you that would not have been affected or touched by what you did, right? What would have happened? That's the butterfly effect. Yeah. Right? That's the ripple that you have no idea unless you think about these things. And I think that might help us to understand our value in the world and how we affect change in a positive way. And I'm saying it as if, but I need to practice this shit. Yeah, it's true because, you know, going back to podcasting, you know, like, you don't, there's days where I'm like, does anybody fucking care? You know what I mean? Like, but then there's days where I'm, I'm like, people are like, oh my God, you know, that's the thing. It's like, we, we sometimes forget and we forget that, Hey, like, you know, we are doing, we are doing good and people, the people we met, we've impacted and yeah, what would it be like? And what would it be like if that person didn't exist? Or, you know, I say that all the time, like if that didn't happen, if that person wasn't here, that everything would be different. And yeah, we have to think about that for ourselves too and value that that we have made impact yeah. and that it's okay to be okay with that and to to because that's i mean that's what it's all about like we want to make impact it's it's good to know that we've made impact yeah and to celebrate it right it's okay because we we often attribute that to a flaw like hey i'm bragging but it, there's something called humble bragging right it, it it makes kind of sense if you're surrounding yourself with people who understand we need to celebrate wins, yeah, whether small or big. And those are the things and the building blocks to what we're talking about here is we want to feel valued. We want to understand and know that we're helping and we want to be able to confirm that we're doing the right thing. And it only helps. And, and I think you and I maybe could practice this, especially in our podcast is saying this to the audience, Hey, if my show impacted you in some way, please share that story. Email me, call me, message, DM me, do something because then that will reinforce. Because like you said, like it sounds like you experience this like I do. Every once in a while, I'll see someone in person or maybe they'll send me an email and they're like, this happened as a result of your show. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I got hundreds of those like uh, on a monthly basis. But it, it happens. It happens. But that's the reminder. Shit. I'm doing the, I'm doing the right thing. Doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's, you hear that, everybody? We need to hear. We need to hear what you guys are getting out of this. You know, like yeah. if you got something from it, because yeah. we don't, we don't know. We can't read, we can't read minds. Right. Yeah. Cause think about it. Every one person that steps up and says, Hey, Lance, thank you so much. Something you said on the show triggered, I implemented it, whatever have, or guest you had on changed my life. I went and I hired them. Right. That's one. That's Dude, happened a lot, actually. There's probably like, no problem, guys. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> but there's probably dozens and dozens of people behind them that don't say a word. Yeah. Right. It's the one person that actually made the effort and stepped up and took the time to to say thank you. And yeah, like you said, speaking to the audience here, if you had some sort of inspirational impact on your life from this show, I mean, share, please, please share with Lance, because that that just reinforces that muscle to continue exercising and doing and putting out the good because if we don't it's hard man we're humans we're always going to feel like yeah. man am i doing the right thing am i doing enough you know and then all of a sudden the machine stops right because you didn't yeah. get enough feedback <laughs> you know i nothing i love more than when all of a sudden 
my IG stories start popping off and people are tagging an episode, even from like months ago. I'm like, this is amazing. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Just people just tagging me. There's days where there's tons and then there's days where it's, it's crickets. Yeah. And you know, I wanted to just, are you okay for time or you under, I, I I want to, I want to wrap this up if we ever good brother. You you good to go for a little longer? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let's see what I'm just double checking, but if not, we can, we can wrap it up and do a round two. Cause we didn't even get into talking about brands and it, which I wanted, but this is great because this is like, this was, I'm so grateful to have like gone to have this conversation, Matt, because. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go. I mean, I, I got to get in the car probably like a half hour to an hour. So I'm good. Okay. Well, I just wanted to, you know, talk about to everybody, this could be useful and think about everyone listening out there. It's like, and I would love if you could answer this question when you're feeling unworthy, you don't believe in yourself, you question your mission, you question your purpose. How do you get back into that driver's seat? And what are the things that you need to do to get there to that place? I'll, I'll answer after you go. And I want everybody to think out there, like what it is you do, right? And, and really understand and get in the habit of what that is and being mindful of that. So Eric, like what, what is it that you get when you're, when you're out of it? Because we all go in these days where we don't believe in ourselves, even though we know what we're doing is, is great. Yeah. We fall off. How do you get back on the horse? So I'm literally experiencing this now because I got hit, you know, with, with the Rona and it took me out for, for a few weeks and I'm still on the mend. But prior to that, I got back from a Tony Robbins event, his first live after two years. It was, dude, it was Unlike anything you'll ever experience in your life, I highly recommend you go to a live event if you haven't experienced, but he was back after two years. He, he, and I believe him. He said that this was out of all the years he's been doing this, the most energetic, inspired and passionate group he'd ever, you know, spoken, experienced that with. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that he had been gone for two years. We as a society had shut down for so long. We needed it, right? We, it was like. I'm not going to concerts anymore. I'm not going to live, you know, you know, events as I, as we were. And I think it was all pent up. It was like 9,000, 10,000 people just pent up energy and it exploded. It was so good. So magical. So anyway, my point is I got to a mental state in a peak state after that event where I was, I could literally, I felt like I could run through brick walls. So inspired. And then I got hit about a week later. I probably, I don't know. I probably got sick on the way home and dude. All the work that I put in every day, waking up early, journaling, doing yoga, doing meditation, you know, running outside, going to the gym and then working in my business. That's, that's 530 in the morning. Right. And then, and then my day starts at nine. So I do a lot of stuff before the, before the, the world wakes up. And I learned that from the Tony Robbins of the world. So that all went to shit when I got sick. Right. I had to just like take my health and focus on rest, but it, Mentally, I started going back to who I was three, four years ago. I started to doubt myself. I started to think bad thoughts. I started to think like, can I do this? You know, even though the company's growing, dude, we literally doubled our revenue this year. You and I wasn't celebrating that because I was sick. It happened while I was sick. And my, my COO called me. She's like, dude, we just doubled our revenue. Can you believe it? And it was Thanksgiving. I was like, <laughs> you know, under the blankets and covers. I'm like, oh, I wish I could celebrate, but I'm so sick. 
I started to doubt and I started to fear and I'm starting to fear success, bro. That is a huge thing for me. And I hope not for others. But when the success comes and as it comes, I feel freaking guilty. And I feel like, do I deserve this? Right? As we grow into a multi-million dollar company, I start to think to myself, am I worthy? It's crazy, dude. These thoughts that come to my mind. And it all, I just wanted to show and really express to people how important it is to do these daily practices and rituals on yourself, mentally, physically, spiritually, because it can all go away very quickly. If you don't, like I said, two, three weeks of recovery mm -hmm. and breaking out of my routines yeah. got me to a vulnerable state. I didn't think that was possible. I was like, I put three, four years of this work in and it took two, three weeks to tear it down, to go back to the 1.0 version of myself. So I'm working my way back. I know I'll get back there sooner than later. But the thing is, everyone out there who's listening to this has to understand how important it is to work on yourself each and every day. Now, yes, you may miss days, right? You may miss a few days, but if you get into the habit of it, it's going to create armor for you. It's going to create a foundation for you so that if there's winds and there's, and there's storms that are going to tear at your skyscraper, the foundation's there. It's set. And you don't have to worry about rebuilding, right? Mm -hmm. Like I would have to get sick, dude, literally probably for months and months in order for me to like tear everything to get torn down, yeah. everything that I've built. So the vulnerability is real. Be aware that you can get hit at any point in time, but find the fortitude and the mental strength to battle through it while it's happening by putting the work in when you're healthy and when you're, when you're right minded and you're just doing the things that is literally freaking work. Yeah. So mm -hmm. important. Dude, I just want to acknowledge you. Thank you for sharing that. That just shows the level of character that you have, that you're willing to open up like that because, you know, a lot of people aren't. So I just want to acknowledge that. And the listeners just hear that too, right? I mean, the human behind the company, that's, that's, that's what's important in the human behind this stuff. That's what I admire is, is, is the story. And, you know, that kind of shit is really what sets people apart. And you're right. I, I can totally relate with that when I'm the calm, most confident and the feeling the best it's, it's a combination of the daily practices compounded over time. It's the small things. It's not the big things you have to do everybody. It's the daily simple things consistently that builds that, that confidence, right? And keeping the promises, like Tony says, keeping the promises with yourself is what builds confidence. Right. But if you do those little micro commitments over and over, you start to feel like a winner, not a loser, because you made your bed. You said you would. You said you'd get up early. You did. You said you'd call that person. You did whatever it is, your routine. And all of a sudden, you got this confidence. And you're like, your belief starts to be more, you, you start to believe in yourself more because subconsciously you've already done the work. And then the goal seems more attainable because you've already committed to yourself. And then all of a sudden you like, you're confident, right? It's not, people are confident. They don't have this energy accidentally. Mm. It comes to you from the daily work. Tony says it too. He's religious with what he does. He has to prime himself every day. His emotion, it's all about, it's, it's all about your state. Yes. Like 
It's your fucking state. And if you aren't feeling good, then change it up. Right. But that's consistency. And I love that we brought this for, for the end because I want everybody as a takeaway to think about this. Like, you know, when you're feeling down, like what is it that you're going to do to get back up? You know, how do you get your state to the level where you know you're, you, you're on top of it? You know you can do this, but you don't feel like that. You know, what did you do last week? What did you do this week? What did you do this morning? And I know personally, I can't lie to myself. If I'm feeling like shit about what I'm doing, it's because I, I look at, well, did you drink? Have you been drinking too much? Have you been, mm. did you fall off? Have you been like, what, did, what was the last week? And it's always the same thing. I didn't meditate, didn't do the journal, didn't do gratitude. It's always that. It's the simplest things, right? We don't need yeah. these big revelations. It's like the daily things. And it's just so important, you know? So, yeah, man. Like you said, it's simple. And that's why people don't do it because they think, oh, I could just turn that switch on. It's yeah. not that simple. No. It's, 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 it's not just doing it once or twice or two, three weeks in a row. It's like you said, the compound effect over years. Yeah. When I really see the true results. And, and I can't stress that enough to the people around me, to myself. It's like, it's a mental game and, and eventually a physical game. And in combination, you're going to create some power and you're going to see the results. And the thing is, the challenge is for us as entrepreneurs and overachievers is that celebrate those micro wins, right? Because like I said, even though we had doubled our revenue, you know, on the outside, it looks great looking in, but then on the inside, I'm like, of course we got there. We've been killing ourselves, like killing ourselves, maybe to the point where I got sick because I, I left myself vulnerable. So it's like being able to celebrate those wins, but when you get there, it's going to seem like, you know, anticlimactic. Yeah. Cause you put the daily work in. So the same thing is it, my point is the same thing goes with, with practice we're talking about, right. Working on yourself. We got to celebrate those wins and journal and look back in time and say, oh man, look at what I was then, you know, mm -hmm. look at who I am now. Let me celebrate that. And because like, even this is a Tony thing, people come and they see your kids and they say, man, look, your kids are growing so fast, so big. And you look down and you're like, oh, they look the same to me because you see them every day in the growth. Right. But for us, we don't do that for ourselves. We don't reflect and say, look at the growth because physically we look the same. But journaling and doing certain daily practices, there is growth there. It's all happening internally. And we need to recognize it and we need to document it so that we can celebrate those wins. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's good stuff, man. Well said, brother. I'd love to have you back on for round two if you'd uh, be up yeah. for it. Let's do it, man. I'd love yeah. to have you. And then we'll go right into branding and the importance because there's a whole talk around the challenges and struggles of that. So we'll leave the audience for this for next time. But ah, yeah, business. Just, yeah, all that stuff there. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, I could talk to you all day, bro. Yeah. This was all about, you know, the, the, the self and, and, and all the internal work, yeah. which is required. I love that. That's like a part one, part two in your mind, because that is the important stuff. Yeah, And I know a lot of us, like, especially in podcasting, let's, let's skip to the wins and the business and tell me how to do it versus like, none of that's going to exist if you don't fix this. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, yeah, dude, I appreciate it. This was awesome. This wasn't what I expected yeah. and I love it and gratefully connected, man. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks brother. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep, let's keep it moving, man. 
Let's do it. Appreciate you, brother. You too, bro. Eric Cabral, everybody. Thanks, everybody. I'm looking forward to that round two with Eric. It's going to be great. We're going to talk all things podcasting and marketing next time. But man, we covered some we covered some great things here. We covered his story, covered his challenges. He really opened up and shared his truth. And I encourage you guys to do the same. You know, really, if you're if you have a story to tell, share it. Somebody may need it. Somebody may need to hear it. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that story around somebody, somebody opens up, I trust them. I want to do business with them. It makes me want to learn more. See the power of podcasting. You just learned and you heard that story. You probably feel closer to Eric now, right? And now you want to say, you want to look into further what he does. Exactly. Because we want to, as humans, we're connected to the human, not the business. We're connected to the human and the story. And if we connect to that human, we want to support that human in the business they have. That's how it works. All right. You guys, if you guys feel called to do so, please leave us a review on Apple if you want to sh- if you want to support the show or share it with somebody that needs us. Let us know. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. It's always greatly appreciated. And subscribe to the podcast if you listen to this on Apple or Spotify or wherever. Or if you are watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the bell to stay on top. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I couldn't do this without you. My The support and the love that I get all the time is, is amazing. And I just love all of you. I'm so grateful to be able to do this and share it with you. All right. Have an amazing day, everybody. Catch you next time.